Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Jeffrey Camus, the founder, chief investment strategist, and portfolio manager at the Inherent Wealth Fund. Jeffrey took his years of sports analytics to the world of stocks. His writing and analytical work have appeared prominently in hundreds of national publications. Jeffrey, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time. Sports analytics, how'd you get started in the business? Well, I used to play a lot of baseball and uh, I got injured, wasn't going to be able to play anymore, and I wanted to stay involved. So I started a fantasy sports company when I was 23 and it was sort of a hobby. And over the years, I, it grew and grew. And it became my full-time business. And uh, we were, it was a really exciting time to be involved in that because it was such a new industry, still growing. And it was before like even Major League Baseball recognized it as, as, as a thing or the NFL because it was kind of an outlier. And now, of course, it's a huge part of the industry. And if without it, uh, it the popularity of football would not be growing or baseball without fantasy sports for sure. Yeah, you are 100% accurate there. Um, just out of curiosity, because I literally had just, uh, recently interviewed Nigel Eckes and read the obviously read the book on the duel between FanDuel um, and how that rest of that industry played out. At what point did you exit that business, and where were you in that whole environment? Well, my the origins of my business really were more about you know I wasn't running. I started running leagues. I really did not make a lot of money running leagues. It wasn't that successful. And then what I did as an add-on for the leagues is I started um, like the analytics and the information business side of it. So we were running like an online magazine. So not really competitive with them in the, in the same way of the nature of um, running leagues. But what I would say the way that we were, we're more uh, corollary to maybe like Moneyball. We were, we wrote, I wrote with many of the people that, you know, that was based on the Podesta, you know, person who was the, the person the movie was based on wrote articles. We're in fantasy leagues with him. You know, we all came from kind of a Bill James school of uh, baseball analytics. And that's really where it was. I mean, my kids tell me today that they said, you should have stayed in that dad. You maybe could have been a GM of a baseball team, <laughs> you know, because one of the guys from one of the sites that they used to write with ended up becoming uh, the advisor for the Toronto Blue Jays at one point. So a lot of those guys, you know, they cycled through what we were doing when we were just doing it for fun. I guess like when, when they invented the computer and it was like their own little kind of concept or their, their computer club. And it was the same thing with fantasy sports. Absolutely. And then what inspired you to leave fantasy sports and get into the world of investing? You know, it was a grind because when the users, we had several thousand subscribers, I loved it. 
it's sort of a thing like I wasn't enjoying it as much anymore because I was writing so much every day on any given weekend, like before an NFL season, NFL weekend, I'd have to write something like four or 500 player evaluations every week. You know, we were doing it all by hand. It wasn't artificially done with artificial intelligence. We were writing, you know, our own comments created by hand and doing a lot of research and it just became a grind. And I wanted to try another business. We did it for about 17 years. It was great, greatly successful. It was my only job. I got to raise my kids and kind of be in one of those kind of at home situations. So, and it was, and it was fun. We had a lot of fun doing it. It, it sounds like it. And then talk, obviously, taking that analytics to the world of Wall Street investing, talk a little bit about what the Inherent Wealth Fund does. Right. So this is kind of like a return to my youth passions. But Inherent Wealth Fund essentially is a, we run a fund, an exchange traded fund that's traded on NASDAQ. It's called iBet. And it focuses on the sports betting and gaming companies. So um, we have about 37, 38 uh companies that are in the portfolio that represent the growth in sports betting and gaming. And I think one of the ways you have to look at this sort of where I was when I started my fantasy sports company, it's still very new. You know, we only have acceptance in 34 of the U S states right now in overseas. They've had it in London and Australia for many years and Sweden's a big player in, in gaming. But I think here we're still like, people always want to do the analogy of a baseball game. They'll say like, how many innings, what inning are we in? This is like inning zero. I mean, they're still getting, everyone's still fighting for territory. And I think one of the things that we're doing as an active fund, because we do have com- a competitor in the space, being active, this is an exciting time for this industry where we have uh, new acquisitions happening all the time. We have mergers. There's a lot of new partnerships that come about weekly. On a weekly basis, you're getting 100, 200 stories of news on sports betting. And so you need to be actively managing a fund like this. Because, and that's what we're doing because you can change a lot of the holdings really quickly. In an index, they're maybe only rebalancing on a quarterly basis. So I think that's one of the things we're doing. And I think that's an advantage we give to our clients uh, and to the people who invest in us. And you know that's where we're at. So to be clear, and obviously we're not giving any investment advice on today's podcast, right. Pass, insert standard legal disclaimers here. <laughs> you are, so an investment in the inherent wealth fund in the ETF is not, you're not picking and saying, hey, FanDuel, FanDuel is going to be draft kings or whatever. You're betting an investment in your program is an investment in the growth of the betting industry as a whole. That's right. And what we're looking at is, is a cager of something like 13 to 15% over the next you know, 10 years. So um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity here. And I think really where it's coming is November, we're going to have uh, a ballot measure in California. We still have Texas and Florida, really large states. When New York was legalized in January, uh, we saw a billion in handles in one month. You know, those are key times. Like when we're building up to like the NFL season, those are going to be the big months in March Madness. You need real good catalysts. Absolutely. What do you like best about what you're doing? Well, it's, I think it's sort of like anybody who will give you business advice. It's being involved and being loving what you're doing because, you know, our marketplace too is shifting. And I think when, when things are hard and it doesn't work out, if you love it, you can keep your head above water and stay positive because you're so excited to be a part of the industry. Like the fantasy sports business, you know, it started out for two years. I didn't make a penny. I wasn't trying to make money. I loved writing. I'd played in leagues for many years. And I think it's like anybody, the best advice is being something involved in something you love. And we say it in investing too. If you, if you like a company, if you like Disney, invest in the company. If you like Nike, you know, invest in their, invest in their stock. Do something you love or you're interested in. I agree. That makes absolute sense um, with everything. Um, so how long has the fund, the ETF been publicly traded? We're pretty new. So I bet, um, which is our ticker symbol, IBET, tra- started trading in November. 
And um, I think what we're going to see, and so we're only about six months old. Uh, I think what we're going to see in this industry is a lot of these companies went through a, a customer acquisition period where they were spending a lot of money. They were giving free bets. Kind of interesting. What you're going to see now is really strategic partnerships. Um, last week, there was a post from DraftKings about a partnership they just did with the Cubs. You know, so what you're going to see is companies, uh, you know, these companies getting directly involved with partnerships. You know, there's, there's something like over 10 professional franchises in California. And I guarantee that in anticipation of a legalization move, they're all creating deals or they're all in talks with all of these companies to, to open kiosks or, or betting parlors within the stadiums. And we just saw a really interesting move. The Cincinnati Bengals would actually filed for a gaming license themselves. And this is the first team, if they get one, to actually do this on their own without, and I'm sure they'll bring in a partner and maybe they did it for leverage because we don't know if they were going to want to file the A license, which is the more expensive or the B license where you have joint operators. My guess is they're probably leveraging it and saying, hey, we could run this on our own, but maybe we're going to bring in a partner. But we did see that. That was groundbreaking because we've never seen a professional sports franchise actually file for their own license. So what does that mean? Does that mean that they're going to have a sports betting kiosks all over the stadium and the bets just get processed through them. Does that mean they're trying to start a sports betting site network? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like, first off, I was like, wow, the conflicts that arise. Right. I mean, at first I, it bothered me when I first read it. I'm like, wait, so I read and I did some more research. I think what it really boils down to is them maybe doing that for leverage. You know, that's a crafty old family, the, the, the family that owns that, that team. And I think if, let's say if they did run it on their own, I don't think they would handle the infrastructure. The infrastructure is way too complicated. Um, the way that these are the, these algos that are behind the sports betting, there's a company like sports radar, who's doing all the backbones and, and uh, creating all the algos and you have all this live betting. I don't think a professional team would really want to tackle that. I think maybe, maybe they're going in and saying, Hey, let's license this and see if we can get the license but maybe we'll actually partner and say, and we'll, you know, we'll, it'll give us more uh, leverage when we create the deal with one of these two large companies, but, but sell the exclusive rights in an auction right. to sports draft Kings or whoever, or FanDuel who comes in and says, we'll run it for you. But I wouldn't be- think they'd want to, ma- yeah, I wouldn't think they'd want to manage it, but I do think it's interesting, but every team, every NFL team, every major league baseball team, all the other franchises, especially like in Europe, they, they're going to all have some kind of partnership. And that is really the new customer acquisition strategy, getting away from giving away all this money to join or spending tons of money on advertising. Just go where the, where the customers are. You know, that and creative partnerships with media influencers. You see, this is really tied to having a media company. You know, Fox has their own betting thing because they have a media company. You know, um, I don't know what's going to happen with the NFL direct ticket. It's very interesting to me because the license used to be exclusively for direct TV, but it's up for grabs and Apple and Amazon are probably the only two companies that can pay for it. And I think one of those companies may eventually end up in sports betting and gaming. Wow. That is so then, and again, not asking for a prediction, but given that the, probably the majority of the stocks in your ETF are gaming specific companies, does that open up the door to including a company like Apple or Amazon? Well, we did. Yeah, I think that's in the in the process. So you have a company that's a media company too, like Fubo. I don't know if you know Fubo TV, but essentially it started as a football broadcasting network, European soccer, not football NFL. Right. And they have plans for developing out a essentially a sports betting hub, which I think will be interactive one day. I think people will literally sit on their TVs like they do on their phones and place those bets interactively. And it'll, you know, all these kind of strange bets can come up where they're like live action bets where like you're betting on the field goal at the end of the game. You know, something like that, because we already have this new trend in live betting. I was I was I placed a wager on a basketball game uh, during the finals 
And I actually had the point spread with the point spread. I was up so much. They actually bought me out of the bet at halftime, which is new. You know, this is, these are new things that never were done before. So these are all kind of interesting developments. You know, it's, it's, it's changing very rapidly. Now it's relatively obviously new, newer in the United States. Do you think as it spread catches on everywhere? Do you think that changes? Do you think five, 10 years from now, there's a backlash of, we now have all these gaming, gambling related bankruptcies or something. And then there's a backlash and the legislation goes back a different way. No, only because I think it, we learned our lesson in the United States with prohibition, (laughs) you know, it made for some nice movies, but in reality, it didn't work. You know, the people who wanted to do it, did it. And I think keeping it away from maybe a bookie or a guy down the block is, is it's healthier. It's also better for the market. You know, one of the things about wagering, if you if you are an active wager in the NFL, you can look at 10 different apps and you can get different lines. You know, it's a better marketplace. It really is. It's better for the consumer. And I think, you know, um, I think people know what they're doing. I think there definitely needs to be more education about gambling and addiction and, and all those things like they do for alcohol. And it's a, it's a similar type of addiction. You know, people get a high from doing it. But I think fantasy sports, a lot of people who, who do fantasy wagering, that was always an inexpensive way to take part in a little bit of an excitement. And I think, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see it going back. I think the revenue is so great. In California, they're looking at a bill where the taxable profits will go 90% to mental health and awareness. And if any state needs it, believe, believe me, living in California, um, California takes in everybody. You know, we have a lot of people that need additional help, a lot of people living on the streets. And that's what the bill in California is going to do. 90% of the revenue generated is going to go to mental health and wellness. So I think, I think it's going to be hard for the states to give up that revenue. Yeah, especially once they get used to projecting their budget every year with a couple extra billion dollars in tax revenue. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely right. Uh, well, you're in a fascinating industry at the right time. For our folks watching and listening who want to learn more about what you're doing and what the fund is up to, where do they go? Yeah, you can search me, Jeffrey Camus. You can look up the fund, Inherent Wealth Fund, or in any of your custodian services, if you trade at E-Trader, one of those, you can look up IBET, I-B-E-T, Sports Betting and Gaming ETF, and take a look. That's pretty much how you can find me. All right. And full disclosure, you are not in the witness protection program. That's just a lighting <laughs> issue. Sorry about that. I'm traveling. I'm actually in Chicago. I'm staying at my mom's house. And uh, it's a different setup. And in fact, her air conditioning broke. So I'm hoping I'm not looking too sweaty as well. Maybe that's why I dim the lights. I was going to say, though, it's dark <laughs> enough that we wouldn't be able to tell anyway. It'll be interesting if it is a more engaging interview because someone might think that we didn't say right at the beginning that you weren't doing this live from, you know, the sheriff's <laughs> the marshal's department. It would fit the space, though, right? <laughs> yes. Gambling Insider tells all or something. We should change yeah. the title. All right. Well, Jeffrey, we greatly appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free Perfect Pitch Cheat Sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. 
To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.